customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at the standout performers who got overshadowed by Max Scherzer on Sunday. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs uh, yet. It worked great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Derek Van Riper on this Monday episode for September 13th. And DVR, of course, uh, the big, big story on Sunday was Max Scherzer. We'll certainly uh, get to talking about him. But let's get to uh, the news and notes first here. Uh, Blake Snell lifted from that game, uh, Padres at Dodgers on Sunday with uh, left adductor tightness. So that's obviously one we're going to watch uh, very, very closely this week. A uh, tough, tough break for Snell and for people who have been using him in fantasy. Uh, Joe Adele did not play at the Astros on Sunday due to a sore back. He's considered day-to-day. But this is more of a uh, start-sit dilemma DVR than I think it would have appeared you know, just a couple of weeks ago when Adele was scuffling a bit more. But he's been hitting really well for about the last three weeks. In fact, over that time span, 68 plate appearances, batting 302 with three home runs. So do you go ahead and roll the dice with Adele this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, barring some bad news uh, before we have to make that call on Monday. But the thing that jumps off the page to me is the improvement in Adele's strikeout rate. 22.9% now on the season in a sample that's just about the same size as what we saw from him when he debuted in 2020. And still, considering the age for level, that's a massive improvement. Even if he's not quite this good, he's clearly not as bad as he was in 2020. So some of the elevated contact concerns, I think, have been eased with what we're seeing from Adele. And that's a great sign for the future. Yeah, and this is something we've seen from Joe Adele as he's moved up the ladder in the minors where 
uh, second time around, uh, did did much, much better. So, uh, yeah, good to see from him. And like I said, tough decision uh, this week, but looks like uh, just a day-to-day situation for him. We'll have a bunch more of those kinds of starts at Dilemmas with players who are banged up a little bit a little later on in the show. Uh, someone who shouldn't pose a dilemma is Tim Anderson. He is expected back for the White Sox on Tuesday after dealing with his hamstring issue. Zach Granke is going to come off of the COVID IL to start for Houston on Tuesday at Texas. Jake Cronenworth, he has a fractured left ring finger, uh, is not on the IL, but has no timetable for return. So make sure you make an arrangement to uh, fill in for him this week. Uh, Shane Bieber is expected to begin a rehab assignment with AAA Columbus on Tuesday. So hopefully we'll see him for at least a couple of starts down the stretch here. Alex Cobb, he could return as soon as this Thursday against the White Sox. So do you start or sit Alex Cobb, DVR? I don't really like the matchup anyway. So I think I'm sitting him more based on matchup than health. And that way I can kind of avoid the health uncertainty anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a good tiebreaker. Uh, Rowdy Telez going on the IL with a strained patella. Uh, Daniel Vogelbach, Got the start at first base for the Brewers at Cleveland on Sunday. Is this somebody that you'd be interested interested in down the stretch with Telez uh, being out for for a while, maybe the rest of the season? Well, I, I think the situation is pretty simple with Vogelback. It's a big side platoon role for him. He's not going to play against lefties. The Brewers do have a smaller week games-wise. They have two off days. They have an off day Monday and Thursday, and they do face one left-handed starter. So it's probably only a four-start week this week for Vogelback, and they see three lefties during their seven-game week a week from now. So that plays in 15-team leagues and deeper. It probably doesn't play otherwise unless you're in a league with daily moves. All right. Well, you know, it's definitely easier to look at the rest of the season schedule at this point. So that's a was a good thing to do with that Brewer situation. Rays made a few moves on Sunday. One of them was placing Chris Archer on the IL with hip discomfort. Another was Nick Anderson getting activated from the 60-day IL. He did not pitch on Sunday, but he is back after being out uh, extensively with a partially torn UCL. And in some other reliever news, Kenley Jansen placed by the Dodgers on the paternity list. And uh, not really a lot going on closer-wise. Other than that, on Sunday, J.B. Wendelkin did get his first save of the season for the Diamondbacks against the Mariners in Seattle uh, with Tyler Clippert out. That's been kind of a wide-open situation with, frankly, not very many save opportunities to go around anyway. So anything to see here, DVR? I mean, Wendelkin is more likely to be the Diamondbacks closer next year than Clippard, but that's not really saying anything of value because of the lack of opportunities that you mentioned. All right, so we will move along then and look at uh, some of the standout performances. Of course, we have to start with Max Scherzer. Just incredible performance by him against the Padres. Uh, Went eight innings, just giving up one hit. Uh, Nearly a perfect game. He retired the first 22 batters, nine strikeouts, no walks, no runs allowed. Got his 3,000th strikeout uh, in his career in this game. Had an immaculate inning. I don't think I missed anything there, uh, but I'm not sure if there's anything else Scherzer could have done in the start. Uh, I did have a discussion, DVR, with Michael Beller last week on one of the episodes of Fantasy and 15, uh, talking about whether or not Scherzer is really in the conversation for first pitcher off the board next year. Uh, do you have a a favorite at this point, somebody you would target first, uh, or is that you know pretty much a toss-up at this point? 
No, I think Scherzer could be in that conversation. I think because of his age, once again, he'll get pushed to the late part of round one or early to mid part of round two, basically the, the 15 to 20 range overall. So I guess that changes where exactly it is based on the number of teams in your league. I mean, there's really nothing else in Scherzer's profile that would give you any pause. He's been completely dominant since going to the Dodgers. I think it's now just a question of where does he want to go as a free agent? Because I think he gets to basically call his own shots at this point based on where he's at in his career. I mean, if he wins a World Series with the Dodgers this year, maybe winning another World Series is slightly less important, but he strikes me as the kind of guy that actually wants to win every single time he does anything. Um, so I yeah. think the team context will be good. The skills aren't really eroding. I think he's at least a top five pitcher again. And maybe in a handful of leagues, he will be the first one off the board. But I don't think he's going to be the consensus number one pitcher off the board because we tend to discriminate against uh, older players in our community. Yeah, and that's why he wasn't really in that discussion a year ago. And based on results, he should have been. But <laughs> again, you know, it's hard to foresee this kind of season uh, given they didn't pitch as many innings, uh, or at least didn't look like he would pitch as many innings this season. And actually, I will just go back a day further because we had a, an outstanding performance on Saturday from Corbin Burns. He and Josh Hader uh, combining on a no-hitter. Is Burns a part of that conversation for first pitcher overall? Yep, and I think he's more likely to get it than Scherzer because of the difference in age. I think Scherzer's longer track record is reason enough to be very excited about him. But what can't Corbin Burns do at this point? I mean, I had high hopes for him this season. I thought the market was a lot higher on him even than I was. So I have largely missed out on this from a fantasy perspective in 2021. Thankfully, as a Brewers fan, I am enjoying the hell out of it from that perspective. Yeah, a lot to like there. Uh, a couple of returns, uh, and actually in a game where these two pitchers were facing each other, Lance Lynn coming off the IL, no problems there at all, going five scoreless innings with nine strikeouts, two hits, no walks against the Red Sox. And on the Red Sox side of the ledger, Nick Pavetta coming off of the COVID IL, going five and a third, uh, just one unearned run for him, three hits, no walks, five strikeouts. So Lynn, obviously, he's just all systems go right now. Uh, Nick Pavetta, where are you at with him? Because it's definitely been uh, an up and down season for him overall. I mean, the next matchup is home against the Orioles. So I do feel pretty good about that. The following week, he's home against the Yankees. I don't really want to start him in that spot. He's still a very matchup dependent starter. albeit one that probably gets you a few more K's than the typical guy that's in and out of your lineup. All right. Well, getting a lot of K's on Sunday, not somebody we'd necessarily would expect it from. Eric Lauer, although he's been very, very good for a long time now, uh, several weeks. Uh, and this uh, start against Cleveland, five and a third, one run on three hits, one walk, eight strikeouts for Lauer in this one. The last time DVR that Lauer made a start where he gave up more than three runs was back on June 14th against the Reds. So since then, an ERA right around two, the ERS, ERA estimators think he, that ERA should probably be more around four and a half. So where do you fall uh, on that continuum with Eric Lauer? Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably more like a, a top 60 to 75 range pitcher. Very usable, especially in good matchups. And a guy like that plays up when we're in the second half of the season. And there are some truly terrible teams that you can pick on. Cleveland is one of them. Uh, but this has been more than just beating up on bad teams for Lauer. He keeps tinkering with his pitch mix. The cutter is something he's been using a lot more in September. Uh, I think that's unlocked a few things for him. So I'm pretty intrigued. It's it's 60 to 75 range with an up arrow for sure for Lauer at this point. 
All right, and one last pitcher, Chris Bubich, uh, five and a third against the Twins. Three runs, but only two uh, earned runs uh, in those five and a third. Four hits, one walk, six strikeouts for him. Only seven swinging strikes out of 86 pitches, but part of the reason I'm including Bubich here is because uh, he's got a 13.4% swinging strike rate over the previous four starts, so trending really, really well here. And actually, I'm sorry, it's three starts and one relief appearance over that stretch, but uh, where are you at with him at this point? Uh, has he elevated himself at least maybe to, to streamer territory? Yeah, I think that's exactly where he is. I mean, I think the team context obviously is not as good as what Lauer has working with him in Milwaukee right now. Uh, but Bubich gets the Mariners the end of this week at home. There's no reason to sit him in most leagues in that spot. He gets the Tigers on the road the following week. So two very usable starts for him on the schedule. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's move on to the hitters. Bunch of good hitting performances as well. And we'll start with the four hitters that came away with uh, two homer games on Sunday. Lourdes Gurriel, home runs number 18 and 19. Avisael Garcia, uh, 26 and 27 for him. And also Colton Wong, uh, his 12th and 13th home runs. Garrett Hampson, yes, Garrett Hampson on the two homer list, his 10th and 11th. So almost not quite a Jothan VR type of season uh, where VR is homered more than he's stolen, but uh, 16 steals for Hampson, uh, 11 homers. But I mean, do you think that in this case, maybe the Rockies kind of proved us wrong in fantasy that we kept clamoring for Hampson to have a bigger role? And and this is a guy who's, you know, over his career now, OBP uh, just under 300, or, uh, yeah, just under 300, uh, you know, moderate power at best and, you know, kind of just the one tool. Well, I think with Hampson, he's looking like a good defender. Like, that's reason to play him, especially in a spacious ballpark like Colorado. But generally, I think the fantasy community has been wrong about what Hampson could do as a hitter. Uh, it's interesting that the K rate is at a career best. That's good. With the regular run of playing time or more regular run of playing time, he has been better than when he was getting moved in and out of the lineup on a regular basis. So uh, I'm just kind of curious, what's the price going to be next season? You know, if he closes in on 20 steals by season's end, ends up with 12, maybe 13, 14 home runs, is he a guy you're going to trust, assuming the depth chart's not too crowded, going into next season as a somewhat discounted source of speed? Well, that will be a question we'll be dealing with uh, soon enough as we <laughs> wind down the final weeks of the season here. Uh, let's move on to streamers from uh, the, the Monday slate. It's a small slate, but a few interesting names here. Rich Hill at the Cardinals, uh, Jake Odorizzi at Texas. Uh, I think that one's you know pretty automatic. I'm going to make a case here to at least consider John Gant at the Yankees for both sides of this. With the Yankees struggling, Gant being much, much better since joining the Twins. The ERA doesn't reflect it, but we talked about this a bit on the show last week, throwing more cutters, fewer sinkers, and the ER estimators really like what he's done in Minnesota. Gant's always kind of interesting when he has the the Vulcan working, but at the same time, I don't want to mess with the Yankees as bad as they have been lately. That is an offense capable of doing a lot of damage, and I'm 
kind of kind of watch Gant carefully down the stretch to see if he does enough to earn a back end rotation spot for next year. But this is a match in which I'm not comfortable using him despite the recent success. All right. And uh, let's get to those starts at dilemmas that I referred to early number of players who are not certain for the coming week. Uh, Garrett Cole could start this Tuesday, but not definite. Uh, but if he does, that's the Orioles. And then that would line him up to start against Cleveland on Sunday. Uh, J.D. Martinez dealing with back spasms. He's missed three games in a row. Michael Brantley did not play on Sunday with a knee injury. Chris Taylor, his neck injury kept him out both Saturday and Sunday. Brandon Crawford, a sore wrist, kept him out on Sunday. And Matt Chapman, left shift left shin discomfort keeping him out on Sunday. So Cole, Martinez, Brantley, Taylor, Crawford, Chapman, anybody you're scared to start this week? JD is probably the guy that I'm the most worried about of all. I guess Chris Taylor because the Dodgers have that luxury of depth so they can ease off him if they want to. So maybe I'd err on the side of caution with Taylor. I think with JD Martinez, I make the decision for the week based on whether or not he's in or out on Monday. If he's back in on Monday, I feel great about it because the matchups after matching up against Logan Gilbert on Monday, five consecutive lefties the rest of the week for JD Martinez. That's exactly what you want in a weekly oh, scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice schedule for sure. And speaking of nice schedules, by the way, Marlins have a really good one this week. Uh, three at Washington, three at home versus Pittsburgh. No really tough starters. Jesus Sanchez has homered in three straight games. Where do you not play him this week? I mean, maybe like 10 team leagues or something real on the skinny side, but 10 teams leagues where you start three outfielders. But I think generally you want to play Sanchez. All right. Well, a uh, good place to uh, wind up this Monday edition of Fantasy Baseball in 15. We thank you for listening. And if you do have a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.